HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comte Cheese Association. Comte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comte-usa.com. That's comte-usa.com. Welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kara Warren. Today on the show, we have Caroline Hess. She is the owner and operator of C. Hess Cheese, a wholesale distribution company based in Brooklyn, New York. Caroline has been working in the cheese industry since 2014 with experience in everything from cheesemaking, affinage, mongering, to wholesale. Before opening C. Hess, Caroline was the director of sales at Crown Finish Caves. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. All the way in Brooklyn. All the way live in Roberta's. <laughs> Hard commute. Hard commute. I had to take, I had to transfer. You had to leave Bergen Street. It was hard for me. It was <laughs> difficult. Uh, uh, so what is it like to be an owner, operator of a wholesale distribution business? You've made it. I feel like you're, you're cracking into something crazy right now. Yeah, I think that I don't even know yet. I right. don't. I truly don't. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel any different which is, I think, a good sign. And I think that there have been other moments in my life where I've had a very similar sensation where it feels like I've agreed to, like, get on the roller coaster. And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally going to get on the roller coaster. I, like, I can handle it. And this comes from also a lifetime and childhood of, like, going to, like, Six Flags and, like, roller coaster childhood. <laughs> um and then that feeling you get when you're, like, strapped and then the ride takes, like, the ride starts going and then you're, like, getting pulled up and up and up and up and up the hill and you're like, oh, okay, there's nothing I can really do now. I just have to kind of, <laughs> I just have to, I just have to ride the ride. Like, that's it. So that's kind of how I feel. But I, I think I've had that feeling enough times in my life at this point where I know it's a good sign and it's exhilarating instead of, like, anxiety-inducing, but... At the same time, what I'm doing now feels almost identical to everything that I've been doing for the past six years at Crown Finish of running sales over there. So I'm like 
kind of talking to all the same people. Oh, interesting. And I'm doing a lot of the same things. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel totally different. Like it doesn't feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but I'm also like, I don't know. I don't know what my life is going to be in a year from now. It's, it's exciting. So, yeah. So how does it feel? Your guess is as good as mine, Kara. I have no idea. Well, I was going to ask you, have, do you still have both kneecaps? And has the New York Cheese Mafia come out for you yet? No. I actually, I am the New York Cheese Mafia. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. Well played, then. I, 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 you will have both kneecaps, then. Yeah. Um, I, I love that you're excited to do this. I, I think it's, I'm, I'm so proud to see another women's st woman start a business like this. So I'm, I'm just, I can't wait to see where you take this next. Um, Crown Finish was a good influence then it sounds like, that they really gave you, that you had some practice there. That, that was cool to hear that. Yeah, I was, I was recently talking to um, Sam Frank, actually, who's the one who's hired me at Crown Finish. And I was explaining kind of my career trajectory of like all of my friends from college and elsewhere in my life went and got you know, MFAs and they got like, you know, master's degrees and they're going for doctorates and they're at law school and they're, you know, and I was like, when am I going to grow up and stop like messing around with cheese all day and all this stuff? And then once Crown Finish closed, I had this realization of like, I basically went through six years of like the equivalent of a like, advanced degree like graduate program of like how to run a cheese business how to network how to do sales how to taste and, and all that stuff um but I got paid to do it because it was my job so right. crown finish I think set me up really well and I think that that's a lot to the credit of Benton and Susan for the owners um really gave me and really almost every employee that's come through that door has given us an equal say, like a, it was a very democratically run company, but at the same time, me running the sales, um, I was what I like to say was completely off leash yeah. for like six years. And I was just, <laughs> if there was somebody that I got a bad vibe off of that was like, you know what, I really don't want to be working with this person or I really don't think that we should like go into partnership with them. Benton was like, okay, like all the other things aside, if you got a bad vibe, like your gut saying, no, we follow that. And so it was, it was really like a training of me. Like I yeah. kind of, not that I ran that company cause they were there every day and they were helping, but, um, I was in the pressure cooker quite frequently there. And so I'm, I'm also kind of used to the feeling of like, everything is like falling on me and I have to like fix a bunch of stuff. Um, and how to, how to kind of just, be relaxed in that type of scenario. Oh yeah, you, you're definitely ready for this then. That's, <laughs> that's a good thing to know. Um, well, and so I guess my follow up to that is, could you have bought Crown Finish? Could you have just as easily taken that over or was that not in the cards? That wasn't really in the cards. Okay. Um, I had been there since I was, God, I wanna say 23. Since you were a baby. Yeah, <laughs> and then I just turned 30, so I'm still a baby, but um, yeah, I had just been there for so long and it really felt like the thing to do was to like let myself get pushed out of the nest in a way. Cool. That I was like, this isn't really my business. I have been there long enough that I know 
there's a lot of challenges with doing affinage that I don't want to deal with. Um, hiring was a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with all of the, you know, states, kind of like New York State coming in and all the inspections and all of the... Oh, the legal stuff. Oh, legal stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know what, I just... And not that I won't have those challenges um, with C hash cheese, but it'll be my company, you know, it'll be, I'll built it. I, I built it kind of to reflect me and, and myself. So it just seemed like the time to do it. You know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. If it doesn't work, I will get a job somewhere else, but it just <laughs> kind of seemed like the time to just go out and do it. Yeah. I, I like that we got all of your background right there just to, <laughs> to make it clear that she can do this job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what drove you to Kickstarter then? Because that's, that's an unusual way to start a business, I feel. Or maybe it's not nowadays. Maybe I'm totally crazy. But um, how did you get to Kickstarter? And then like, tell us about managing that because I think you did a crazy good job at that. Um, that was, yeah, that was a wild experience. Um, I will go, I will, I will I'll dig back into the archives of my life. And <laughs> I just remember something that my mom told me when I was applying for colleges. And she said that there was, cause she was like, my parents were like, you can't, cause my whole family is hospitality. My dad's a chef. My mom works in hotels. Um, the two of them actually met at the Parker Meridian hotel. In oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, wow. yeah. <laughs> so we don't have a lot of money. <laughs> we have like no money. Uh, so my mom, when I was applying for colleges, she, you know, the kind of agreement was that I had to figure out how to pay for it. And my mom, when I was, you know, I, I had fallen in love with this like really prestigious private school that was, I think at the time, like it was like 60 grand a year or something. Oh yeah. Cheap. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was like, you have to figure out how to pay for it. Cause if you can't figure that out, but she was like, the good thing is that there's so much money out there in the world and all you have to do is figure out how to get a little bit of it. And I have held on to that for my entire life. Like that has been, I think some of the greatest advice I've ever gotten was that. And I, you know, got into college and I got it paid for by not other people. By other people, <laughs> somebody else paid for it, not, not the Hesses. Amen to that, I yeah. did the same. Um, so I had, yeah. I had that kind of in my mind when I was starting the company where I was like, right, this is how much money I need. And I don't want to go to the bank to get loans because everybody's everything in the news right now about interest rates and everything like that is so scary. And investors all want equity, which is something that I'm not really interested in doing at this point. Um, so I was like, kickstarted, like, let me see if I can do this. And I remember being in my living room and, you know, Kickstarter's all or nothing. So you have to meet your goal by your deadline, but you set all of it. So right. you set the deadline, you set the goal. And I was like, I, for some reason, I feel like I could raise $30,000 pretty easily. I don't know why I feel that way, but I feel like I could. But let me really push myself and let me set it to like 50000 And like Kickstarter's advice is like something about like keep your deadline under 30 days because if it, you know, if it extends to like three months, people lose interest and they're like, oh, she's still asking us for money. So I was like, I, I said it, I think it was like 28 days or something. Ah. And I'm like, let me just see what happens. And if I don't make the money, then I can go to plan B, which is like getting a loan. And then I can go to plan C, which is 
you know, asking investors. And then I can go to plan D, which is just like maxing out credit cards. Right. So I was like, I can roll pretty far down this hill for a <laughs> long time before I've like completely given up on raising the money. Um, and I will say that in the 28 days that I ran the Kickstarter nervous fundraising, I cried every single day. Really? I cried every single day because the amount of support and enthusiasm and everything that I had gotten was like, I get, to, I'm going to cry on the radio just thinking about it. It was so insane and just heartwarming. And it just like moved me so deeply that people wanted to see me like live my dream. Like people I hadn't even met, people that I had worked with but had never met in person, people I've never spoken to, people who I've known who I haven't spoken to since high school. Like it was like, I Kara, I cried every day. <laughs> no way. That's, that's crazy, man. Every day I wept tears of joy. And it got to a point where I think in the middle somewhere I was stalled out at like 35,000. Um, and even then I was like, if I don't make it, I'm totally fine because I am just so moved by the amount and like the level of just like support and, just care that I've gotten I'm like I don't even I don't even care like it, it was just like I could make it or I, I don't make it like I've already won <laughs> which so sounds so cheesy I never no, thought I would feel no, like no. that but. but your belief in humanity um the fact that it's like that that happened to you is um is so cool and I I mean even to the point where I think it was on Eater or something like, like, did you have to talk to Eater or no, did they pick that up on the I own? had no idea that was happening. So okay. I sent the day after the, like, the day after I, like, launched the Kickstarter, I woke up that morning and I got a text from my friend Jeff, who uh, was a wholesale customer of mine at Crown Finish. And Jeff was like, hey, congratulations. Like, I'm so proud of you. And then it was, like, just a screenshot of, <laughs> like, the Eater thing. And I was like, Jeff, what is this? And he was like, how are you not on top of this? I was like, I don't, like, it's like, it's 7.30 in the morning. I have no idea what this is. And he like sent me the link. And I was like, I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. So I cried that day. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine. I, I, that's, I mean, you got picked up by one of the major food media outlets. Yeah, it was wild. Um, without even knowing that that was happening, I hadn't set out any press releases at that point or anything like that. It had just happened. So somebody on my like mailing list of wholesale customers and like industry contacts had someone at Eater. See, I was gonna give you credit as a mastermind PR person. No. And like, I was like, good for Caroline. She wrote a public release to them. But no, they nope. picked it up on their own. Nope, somebody else did that. I have no idea. And I have no <laughs> idea who it was. They didn't, they never came forward. But it really felt like, you know, um, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. It's one of my favorite. It's a Christmas movie, but it's like a great. You are a Christmas movie now. I'm a Christmas movie. No, I'm the last scene. <laughs> I'm the last scene when, um, George Bailey, like, you know, everybody from the town comes out and starts, like, throwing money at him to save, like, the Bailey building alone. And he's, like, crying. And my mom and I were just, like, sending each other that clip back and forth, like, for that whole month of fundraising of just, like, Bailey building alone. <laughs> That's so adorable. Get That's out so of here. That's crazy. So I, w I just want to read to the listeners the stat that I saw online. It's 459 people backed your idea 
for a total pledge of $54,097. That's freaking insane, dude. It's weird to hear those numbers and then also realize that that's me <laughs> who did that. You did. You did yeah. that. Like, fuck yeah, you did that. Yeah. Um, I'm super impressed. And um, now I have a bunch of money I have to figure out what to do with. Is it tax-free? How does that work? It's not tax-free. It's not tax-free. It's not tax-free, and Kickstarter took a little bit of a percentage, but it just landed in my bank account last week. Okay. So I put in my... Actually, today is a huge day. I put in my first purchase order today. Get out. To Chris Raleigh. At Raleigh Cheese House in Wisconsin. So he got my first PO, and I, I, I did that today, and I, like, called, you know, A H Trucking, and I, like, scheduled the pallet delivery... And everything like that. That's so something because, I haven't done. Look at you. Yeah, because the... But again, I knew how to do all of that because of Crown Finish. Right. Like, I, I was like, oh, I've done this. I've done this before. Which is great. Yeah. You, you don't have training wheels on. You're just doing it. Now. I'm just doing it. It's like, it's the craziest thing. Um, yeah, so today's a huge day because the, the money hit my account. Cool. And I was like, okay, I can put in my purchase orders now and I can start kind of building up my inventory. I can get going. Cash flow. It exists. Yeah. We'll see if it flows. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see yes. how we'll see how freely that river will flow. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I hope I hope it all works. I am I'm, I'm I'm really hoping for you, uh, you. that it works out. Um, so how is your your company gonna be different from other companies in New York? Uh, how do you see it being a little bit different than the guys that are already out there? Me. Ah. Good yeah, <laughs> it's me. Um, so I, not to, not to besmirch anybody else's name. Um, we're not naming names. We're not naming names. I feel that I. So I'll 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 answer a different question maybe, which is the question of like, when I first started, when Crown Finish was closing and I was going on these job interviews, and I was talking to other companies that offered me more money than I thought I would get offered as a, you know, starting salary and perks and benefits and all that stuff. Um, I was just like, it would be such a shame if I spent, you know, the next stage of my career kind of just behind a desk, moving numbers around in a spreadsheet and not doing what I love to do, which is connecting with people through cheese, which is getting excited with people and, and talking to people. And, and really, it's insane. And it's kind of maybe connected to like a bit of a glutton for punishment. I love customer service, which is insane. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, <a> who <laughs> likes that? I, uh, yeah. I've <laughs> always liked that. I've always liked kind of helping people get what they need helping people get excited about something. Anytime there was like a difficult customer at Crown Finish who would send us like an insane email, I was like, I would love to handle this. And then I would, and I just, I, I have a passion for that. And I think that that's something that most people don't like because it can be very difficult to deal with people who are upset or disappointed or just having a bad day and taking out on you in any way. Um, and I, I I like to think that that's kind of what separates me is I have this like real passion for people. I think the cheese, my passion for cheese is kind of secondary to my passion for people. And I just like to connect with people through sharing cheese. I think we all do. (laughs) Yeah. Which is something that like you can't eat 
the type of cheese that like you and I love and, and sell, you're not going to eat that in like, you're not going to come home from work after like a hard day and be like, oh, I guess I'll eat that cheese in my fridge. Like, no, I'm going to, at least there's cheese in my fridge. Thank God there's cheese in my fridge. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a romance to it. There's for a sure. romance to it. It yeah. makes you feel good. It facilitates a good time. And I think that that is, that's what I like. And it's, it's that and it's the customer service. And it's not that I'm necessarily, because a lot of the cheeses that Chris is making for me, you know, some of them will be exclusive to me because they're cheeses that we did together at Crown Finish. So there's kind of a, and I'm hoping to do that with a couple of other cheesemakers. I won't name them yet because it's not official. Okay. Um, but bringing cool. back a couple of those cheeses because we have the recipes. I know where it all goes. It's kind of a no-brainer if they have the milk. Right. You know, why not? Um, so, so it's not that I'm necessarily going to be offering things, at least off the bat, that are wildly different than what the other distributors are offering. Um, but you get to work with me. Right. And right. I'm a lot of fun, I like to think. <laughs> well, and you can educate, you can teach. You're yeah. giving them insight that maybe... Um, well, I want to ask you about this, actually, after the break, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm having such a good time with you. This is great. Um, <laughs> all right, everyone, you're listening to Cutting Curd with me, Kara Warren. I have Caroline Hess with me, and we will be right back. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com. Welcome back, everyone, to Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Kara Warren. I'm here with Caroline Hess of C. Hess Cheese Distribution. She's making it happen. Finally, we have a new person in the market to help us buy cheese in the New York City. Well, I should ask, is it just New York City? Are you going outside of... I'm going to go... How far? <laughs> um, so it depends. So I had a lot of customers in the tri-state area that didn't have distribution that necessarily went out that far. Um, and I built relationships. Everything is relationships. Yep. Um, so I'll have 
I would like to think I have a couple of customers in the like Connecticut, New Jersey, Long Island. Tri-state. Tri-state. I'm a tri-state girl. I'm I, from Long Island. Yes. I had a feeling you would be tri-state. You feel I'm like a tri-stater. Very chronically tri-state. Okay. <laughs> chronically tri-state. But there's also cheese. Is that a t-shirt? I think that's a t-shirt. I think that's the t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's the actual, <laughs> that's the C-Hash cheese like slogan, chronically tri-state. Yes. Um, but... <laughs> You know, I'm getting a big palette of King's Ransom, which was a cheese from Chris Raleigh that we did together. So that's what's arriving this month. Um, but there was a lot of, there were a lot of customers that loved it out in California. So I'll be selling it to hopefully Gourmet Imports. Oh, okay. Out in California so that they can get it to their shops that loved it because I want the people that love the cheese to have the cheese. So it's all for the cheese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, that's a very good answer. Um, so I guess what I want to ask you then is, so you got the try. Oh, I know. So it's not just, it's not just retail. It's not just restaurants. It is. Re- so you're going to do retail and restaurants, food service. Retail and everything. restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And eventually too, I would like when I can afford to hire somebody, I would like to bring on somebody to maybe like take over the wholesale component. And then I'll focus on launching a direct to consumer. Oh, wow part as well um just because that was I built that we built that at crown finish during the pandemic yeah and it was really fun I found it really rewarding like the pop-ups is that what you mean or no, like mail order stuff oh, right. and we had right, 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 we had the right. Thursday night cheese club okay which was the first Thursday of every month I would mail everybody two pieces of cheese like two pounds of cheese yeah and I would send them like a long kind of funny email about the cheese and, and make it interesting and be like, you know what, if you're going to read an email, it might as well be deeply personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ones that are super corporate, I just delete. So yeah, I, yeah, I understand what you mean. That's... Yeah. You want somebody to be there talking to you. Um, With some humor. Exactly. So I want to bring that back because I really, I enjoyed that a lot. And I think also if COVID and the lockdown and everything kind of taught me anything, it's to have multiple revenue streams yeah oh, that's a good business decision that yeah sounds smart yes smart thank uh, you <laughs> so i mean my vibe from knowing you over some years now a little bit is that you're very good with restaurants mm. what how do you how do you do it like what is the magic that you're able to get in with restaurants so well because i feel like you do something special there but maybe you don't maybe you just pick up the phone and call them no, that doesn't work. Aha, see, there, there, that's a tip right there for you folks. How, how do you get into a New York City restaurant menu? Let's, um, let's see. God, I don't even know. I do think a lot of it has to do with the fact that my whole growing up, my dad was a chef in Manhattan. Right. So I would, I have worked prep, I've worked brunch, I've, like in the kitchen. I've, and, and then he would give me like $60 and his restaurant was on 11th and university. It's a TV bank now. Wow. Um, but he had that restaurant for 15 years. And then before that, he was at a place in the South street seaport. Um, yeah. And he would then like, after I like worked, you know, prep or whatever, he would give me like $60 and show me on the map, like don't go outside of this square that was from like Washington square park to union square. And then like, you know, three avenues over and he'd be like, I'll see you at the end of service. And then if I, you know, was kind of done before he was done with service, I would like fold napkins or whatever. So I don't know. I grew up yeah. in restaurants and like going into the kitchens and and doing stuff like that. So just knowing people. 
so it's it's a lot of just knowing people yeah. and it's a lot of again it's just it's relationships yeah and it's just you know also I think going to the restaurant who's buying your cheese and I'm not going to tell you all my secrets. But no, no, you shouldn't. Yeah. But I, I, but it's impressive how you do it. Um, what I was going to ask as a follow-up question was, so do you go, I guess, well, I'm going to, I'm going to push for one more thing. Mm. Um, before a restaurant opens, how do you even talk to them? Like, oh, they see, talk to me. They talk to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all. That's because I mean, I'm like, sometimes I'll be looking at a new restaurant's menu and I'll see I will say that a lot of it was because I was attached to the caves for so long. So I think that what would happen, and this isn't just restaurants, this was um, grocery stores and, and retail as well. They don't care about me when they, when they reach out and it's like, I want to buy the crown finish Jesus. They care about the crown finish romance and the caves and everything like that and I knew that yeah and it was my job to kind of push that story and and, and show that she's been like if I could also get them to care about me just any customer at all then then that's a solid customer like I get them to care about the cheese and the product and what the company is doing but also I'm somebody that they want to work with yep and you know, you get yourself that reputation and then it kind of just continues. So I, I have to say really like, again, to Crown Finish Caves, I would not be doing that. I would not be doing what I'm doing now if I had not been there for the six years that I was there. Yeah, but you weren't, so, that's the other thing. Like, so you have Crown Finish Caves and that's not garbage. So like- It's not garbage. Yeah, so like, that's nice. It wasn't like you were moving, um, you know, we won't say the certain things. Right. You oh, know. I had, I had, <laughs> you know, I have to say I had, other than the job I have now, I had my dream job. That was my dream job. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. But now you're on to your dream. You're another dream job. Now I'm on to another dream job, but that yeah. was, that was my dream job. A hundred percent. That's really nice of you to yeah. say. Big shout out to Benton and Sue. If they still <laughs> listen to cutting the curd. Um, I love you guys. Um, so I wanted to ask you about importing. Are you, so you're actually going to start importing? No, who said that? I don't know. I heard a rumor from you. I thought I'm not importing. You'll never import. I don't want to get into that game. Okay. Fair enough. Leave it to the the others. I don't want to deal with exchange rates and duties and customs and boats and planes. Uh, No, No, not for you. No boats and planes. I will, I will befriend some importers and we can find some special stuff for me together, but that's not importing. It's not my headache. Okay, that's that's a great answer. I for some reason had it in my brain that you were going to import, and I was like, "She's crazy." Yeah, no, I'm I am crazy. That is correct, but I'm not delusional. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not delusional. You're a smart cookie. I like that. Um, well, you kind of answered. I was going to ask you, what are you most excited to be selling? It sounds like Roelli's the guy. I love him. I love him very much. Yeah, I cannot wait. And you'll tell us. Hopefully, in the future, I'll get notes from you on what what else is coming out. Or yeah, I'll send newsletters, and I'll. I'll give a shout out on here because I want to know. I want to know too. I want to know the Caroline secrets. I I believe, now one of my other follow-ups was uh, how many employees are there? And I'm going to guess it's only one. It's one. It's one employee. You're the number one employee. Yeah. So employee of the month will always be you. For only a few months. I think somehow I didn't get it this month. I don't know why. I think you're doing great. I award you employee of the month. Um, What are some of your next goals that you uh, are looking forward to? getting 
I mean, I would love to be able to keep see how she's alive would be awesome. I mean, you just started. So Making it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be able to, like, make a, a functioning, successful, profitable so business. So, like, a year? What do we say? One year? Five years? I have, okay, so I have, like, one-year goals for the business, and then I have, like, five-year goals for myself. Okay. Which is, like, I would, and they're not crazy. Like, I really want to live, I have grandparents who live in Bensonhurst, like, South Brooklyn, and a You're lot such of, a New Yorker. I, I had live, no idea. And a lot of my family lives in, like, Staten Island and uh, Jersey, and then my parents are in Long Island. So I would really... I have a great apartment now that I rent. In five years, I would really like to buy just, like, a little studio apartment in Bay Ridge. Because if I was in Bay Ridge, I would be so close to my family. To and the Verrazano. And the Verrazano <laughs> is a gorgeous bridge. It is. I yeah. see it all the time. I drive over it all the time. Yeah. So I, that's, like, I just want, like, a little modest apartment for myself in Bay Ridge where I can be like close to my grandparents close to the Verrazano it also used to be my dream driving as a kid we would drive down the Belt Parkway to go to Bensonhurst to visit my grandparents and I would see all of these people exercising on the bike path next to the Belt Parkway and I would look out the window as a little girl and I would just dream one day I'm gonna exercise next to the Belt Parkway that was like a dream of mine. That was my childhood dream was to like ride my bike next to the Belt Parkway. And I finally did it last summer. It was like, and the whole time I was like, I'm living my childhood dream. But I'm like, if I could have that apartment in Bay Ridge, I could be riding my bike next to the Belt Parkway like every day. I feel like we're going to be neighbors. This is hilarious. It's, that's my dream. I mean, I'm in Sheepshead Bay, so we're pretty, we're yeah. almost there. Right. That's my dream. <laughs> that's my dream. It's just to like be in Bay Ridge and like run next to the Belt Parkway. All right, now I know your true goals. I feel better. Um, well, so I guess I want to switch it over to social media. And does that affect your business? Is, is that is that a helper for you? Are you going to continue the social media empire that you're building right now? Yeah, so the social media is huge. Well, it's, it's about 50-50 social media and then... Well, I have nothing to base it on is the thing because, again, the company's so huge. So as far as, like, or the company's so new... As far as like, but the, it will be huge. I mean, again, my goal is to just live in Bay Ridge, <laughs> modest studio apartment, <laughs> folks. A modest studio apartment in Bay Ridge where I could run next to the Belt Parkway every day. Is the not goal. even a brownstone, not even a full house. You are, you are a funny girl. I like just it. A one bedroom. A, a one bedroom would be nice. I'd like a one bedroom. In Bay Ridge. Mazel Thank you. You graduated to one. I'm glad I sold you to a one bedroom. You sold me up to you absolutely to a one bedroom. You're you guys, a good salesperson. I, I am in sales, guys. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So social, social media, media works. Social it works. media works. It does work. Okay. Um, <laughs> it does, and that brings me to something. I don't know why I'm bringing this up because I hate talking about it, but the TikTok account. You have one. I do have one. Well, how many followers are on that for 80, you? 80,000 followers on Get TikTok. Out. It was a lockdown, funny lockdown project. Didn't you get quoted? You got quoted in a magazine or a newspaper about your TikTok. I probably did. I have no idea. It was all, it's been such a blur for me. And anytime I look, it's weird. Anytime I look back on those like videos from TikTok, because it all came out of like lockdown, pandemic. Right. Tell the listeners your TikTok account too, by the way. It's the same as my, it's everything. It's C Hess Cheese. Oh, no difference. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I'm cross. Good branding. Cross branding. Got it. Um, so, so I started it because we had just, I was bored in my apartment. Um, but we also, and it was also at the behest of my friend Jack McKenzie. 
who was like, you should start a TikTok. And I didn't even have a TikTok at the time. And he was like, just start one. And I was like, okay, fine. So I started one, I made a couple of videos, and him and his sisters, it was like, it was like the week of Christmas, just like watched my video and like shared it with a bunch of people and tried to like get me into the algorithm. Uh, and then before that, like, and then before I knew it, it was like my third or fourth video of me peeling a cloth-bound cheddar had like a million views on it. What? It was, Kara, it was wild. Um, but I look back on those videos and I just see myself like really sad and scared during a really like bleak time of my life. And it's really complicated because I will still, to this day, kind of run into people who are like, do you have a famous Instagram? I was like, it's not an Instagram. And they're like, TikTok, oh my God, you're on TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, and they're like, I watched your videos all the time during lockdown. Like, I would just like put like all your videos on like one after the other and just like fall asleep to them during lockdown. And that, wow, is like, so complicated for me because I love that I've like given at least some people something that they have enjoyed, especially during the time that I was doing it. But I'm also like, it's really hard for me to continue to make those videos and not immediately get like transported back to like, right. The terrible times, like the constant sirens that were happening all yeah. the time everywhere in New York city. Um, but I do plan on bringing that back once I launched the, um, like direct to consumer wing of it whenever I get to uh, launch that. Yeah. Because that's kind of what I ended up turning the TikTok into. And there were certain times where like we would have two hundred mail orders a week at Crown Finish. You're kidding. Because of the TikTok account. And wow. it was like more than we could keep up with. It's that strong. Amazing. Not always. Sometimes it falls flat and you get nothing. Well, that's social media. And then, yeah. And then sometimes they love you and sometimes they hate you. And you you're can't hot and you're not. You're hot and you're not and you can't take it personally. You know? It's, that's, yeah, but you're, I think, I mean, like, if you think about the Instagrams and the TikToks for cheese, I think you're one of the standouts. Like, there's a few that come to mind. And Thank you, you so you, much. You have good content. It's entertaining. You're Thank entertaining. You. Thank you. Well, I just, I keep telling myself, and I've been telling myself this for like several years, is like, all I can do is try my best and be myself. That's good advice. And so anytime I like, I think some of the best, like, social media things I did for myself and for Crown Finish were probably when I showed up to work, like, incredibly hungover. And that part of my brain that usually blocks me from, like, editing. Mm-hmm just like wasn't on that day because I was really hungover and I would just like write this weird stuff and people would be like, that was amazing. Like, oh, that's what people want. People want to hear a human oh on the other end God. of the phone. It's not. Well, hey, listeners. Hey, cheesemongers, cheesemakers. You heard it here first. That's how you make a good social media thing. Be hungover. <laughs> just just drink and be hungover. Don't be drunk. Be hungover. Oh, pardon me. Corrected. Don't there... do it when you're drunk. Do it when you're hungover. Right, right. right. Next day. Think about it for your next day program. Right. Um, Caroline, I just want to say thank you for being here today. This was a shit ton of fun. Have me over anytime. Yeah, you are welcome here anytime. This was perfect. Um, I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. And now I feel way more intelligent than before. And uh, I'm excited to see where the business goes. Me too. Thank you you so much. Yeah, this is just, this is a blast. Thank Um, you so much. So I'm just going to tell the listeners now, you can follow Caroline on Instagram at Chess Cheese, but we'll spell it out. C-H-E-S-S-E, like her last name, underscore cheese. 
And you can follow us at Cutting the Curd or myself at Kara Warren. And please listen and subscribe to Cutting the Curd via podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks and eat more cheese. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.